Hello everyone, this is the Connected Family Podcast, episode number 37. This podcast is produced by Connections Family Counseling, LLC, a group counseling practice located in Quincy, Illinois that helps build resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. My name is Mark Vanderlei and I'm your host. Today's episode is all about the paradox of strength and vulnerability. If you like this episode and you'd like to continue the conversation, on this topic, would you please go over to our Facebook group and join it? You can follow the Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash the Connected Family Podcast. It consists of additional resources, discussion regarding episode topics, and support for building a connected family. Welcome again to the Connected Family Podcast. I am just so thankful that you are listening today. We are nearing 5,000 downloads of the podcast overall with all 37 episodes now. Getting close to that 5,000 download number. And as I think about that over the last year and a half, almost two years that I've been doing this, I think, wow, 5,000 times people have taken some time, 15 to 20 minutes or so, to listen to some thoughts that I have on parenting, marriage, and family connectedness. And it's just a great honor to be able to share my perspective on these things with you. It's a privilege to be in your ears and kind of be impacting maybe the way that you parent or the way that you relate with your partner and connect with your family. And I am, I'm really hopeful that you find these episodes to be helpful, that they, that maybe you take one tiny little aspect, one nugget from each one of these episodes and do something different for a week or two. Do something different, maybe for the rest of your life, related to how you parent and interact with others. That would be my hope. Just one small thing from one episode. Well, this episode is going to be an interesting one because really I think it presents one of the most fascinating paradoxes of the parenting journey that I have experienced so far. And essentially the paradox is this, that if I want my children to be strong, I need to nurture them and care for them in a way that for me, originally I thought would make them weak. So I came into parenting having sort of what might be considered like this old school view of parenting, that the way to make somebody strong is to make them independent and to early on push them to do the things, uh, do some things to be independent and work on their own and not help. Because when I don't help them, then they're going to have to figure it out on their own and then that will make them strong. What I've learned over the course of time, though, through some of my own personal work in learning how to be a parent and some of the reading that I've done as a counselor and some of the experiences that I've had with other parents in helping their children is that paradoxically, the best way to help my children become strong or resilient or to be able to overcome obstacles is to parent them with nurturing compassion and care. And not that doesn't mean to do everything for them, but it does mean when I challenge them to do it in a way that's compassionate and caring. And so I'm going to talk a little bit more about that today, about how to raise children 
who are strong. And really why this came to me is based out of the movie Into the Wild. Um, So I read the book and I watched the movie Into the Wild several years ago. And it's a true story of an upper middle class boy. He graduated from college, gave away what was left of his college fund, and he began to wander around the United States seeking adventure, seeking challenge, seeking new ways to define who he was as a person. It ends up that he goes all over the United States. He, he grew up on the East Coast, ended up in an Arizona desert where his car was washed away by a river, trekked up and down the Pacific Coast Trail by himself, meeting new people, making friends and relationships, and ended up dying in the Alaskan wilderness. And there are many really fascinating ideas and lessons that, we can, lear- that can be learned from the book and the movie. He kept a journal and, and then the author of the book interviewed many of the people, tracked down and interviewed many of the people who he had mentioned in the journal and who he had encountered on his travels and really laid out for us a number of different lessons. One of them has to do with the importance of relationship. And actually at the end of the book, the um, boy really comes to discover that the very thing he was looking for and wandering away from civil civilization and the people he loved was the thing that he lost in doing that. And that was con- true connection with another person. That's one of the lessons from the book, which is a whole nother podcast episode. But the lesson that I'm going to focus on today has to do with strength. And there's a quote in the middle of the movie that says this. It is not as important that a man be strong as it is that he feel strong. I just This struck me as so important that it really doesn't matter if I am actually am strong. It's all about do I believe that I am strong? Do I feel that I am strong? If I can bench press 100 pounds or 50 pounds, objectively, there's a difference in the level of strength there, right? But if I can only bench press 50 pounds, but it feels to me, and I believe that, hey, I am really strong, then that's okay. That's good. And I have the opportunity then to believe in myself and accomplish some things on a scale and on a level that is appropriate for who I am. I remember working with my boys when they were much younger And just loving sometimes when we'd be working together, they'd be digging a hole or playing in the sand or picking weeds or raking leaves. And every once in a while, they would say something like, I'm pretty strong. I just recently saw a video of one of my sons spinning around on a swing and he goes, my foot's pretty strong, huh? And I think about, man, that's the narrative that's developing, the story that's developing in his life about him being a strong person and what he was doing did not necessarily make his foot strong or him strong as a person, but the story he was telling about himself in the midst of that activity, that challenge that he was participating is in developed in him, the tape or the story of I'm strong. And that's the idea that I'm looking for and hoping to help inspire you to create similar experiences for your children and maybe even for yourself as you go and learn on your healing journey. I've encountered so many boys who've experienced the opposite thing, and girls. Um, one in particular that I think of, um, he was athletic. He was a football player, confident, bigger than most. 
And despite appearing outwardly that he was quite strong, he believed inwardly that he was weak. The worst part was not that his strength was being stolen, but that he was giving it away. People weren't taking his strength from from him. He was giving it away. One of the recurring themes from our conversations was about how he would beat up anyone who said anything bad about his family. He was constantly talking about how tough he was. He listed off the number of fights he had been in and the number of times he'd been suspended from school. I really liked this boy. Uh, He was a lot of fun to be around, but I was becoming quite frustrated with his need to portray himself as what I labeled as, as manly. And what I began to realize was that although he was strong, athletic, and likable, he did not feel strong, athletic, and likable. And it actually appeared to me that he felt weak, awkward, and hated. And so he had this really fragile sense of self, this view of self that did not fit up with what I was looking at on the outside. And so this fragile view of self required for him to project to kind of put on as a facade or as an act, a real projection of strength and aggression. I think he he found that if he were to project um, what he really believed on the inside, that he was weak, awkward, and hated, that people might agree with him. I think this was his greatest fear, that if I project weakness, awkwardness, and hatred, feeling of being hated, that people might agree with me. And and he just couldn't handle that. So it makes sense to me that he would have to put on a facade of strength and aggression and what I might call a manly facade. Some, um, as a conversation that has been happening in our culture quite a bit recently, would call this toxic masculinity. And I think maybe that's the def. you know, when I think about toxic masculinity, that's what I think of as a, a manliness or a masculinity that's put on as a shield to protect ourselves from being hurt from other people And usually that shield has been developed for a number of reasons. And so when I think of toxic masculinity, I don't think of all masculinity as toxic, but this certain form of it that is really a form of protection that comes out of hurt. And what I would hope is that we would help our sons and our daughters to develop strength, and particularly our sons to develop that in a way that honors both Uh, their physical strength, but also their emotional strength and becomes a way of viewing oneself as physically and emotionally strong. So this facade that I saw in this young man was designed to convince others and himself that he was strong and should not be messed with. So this is what I think about this facade of manliness, or you might call it toxic masculinity, that is developed. This facade of strength and aggression that I saw in this boy and that I believe I've seen in many other boys and and many other men was designed for protection. The reason he put on this facade was to protect himself because he felt and had experienced himself as not good and as not measuring up and maybe even as weak. And I think probably this was developed in a context of hurt. And so this protection that he put on was really a way for him to protect himself from being hurt again. And so he had experienced, I believe, probably at some point, some real hurts by the people who were supposed to love him the most. 
And this was designed as a protective strategy. Often I have found that this facade of manliness is built, as I have already said, as a result of being hurt or in a context of lack of safety. Maybe it's a mom who's overly critically critical or a father who expects too much or uses really harsh words when mistakes are made. And so a daughter or son needs to put on this facade of strength and independence in order to avoid having that their feelings hurt, having themselves crushed, their sense of self crushed by these overly critical perspectives. I also believe that this the problem with this facade that is really a protective strategy and is built in a context of hurt or lack of safety, the problem, the, the really sad part about this is that it does not allow the child or the person to be truly safe and truly known. So the purpose of this facade is to protect, to keep safe. Unfortunately, the facade actually does not allow the person to be truly safe. It allows one to be safe in so much as they project strength and aggression and no one's going to miss, mess with them, maybe. But is that real safety? That's a safety that comes from really pushing people away as opposed to a safety that comes from true intimate relationship in which we can be our most vulnerable self and allow someone to see the most vulnerable parts, vulnerable parts of who we are and be accepted. Also, this facade does not allow someone to be truly known. When we have a facade of strength and aggression that is designed to protect, it's designed in many ways, and it, it does a really, really good job of pe keeping people at a distance. And when we keep people at a distance and don't allow them close to us because of this fear and this concern about getting hurt, then... We're never really truly known. No one gets to know us. No one gets to be super close to us. Man, going back to that movie, the Into the Wild, what he truly desired was closeness and relationship with those he loved. And his despair came out of a sense of disconnection. And don't we all desire to be connected with our loved ones? So this facade that I see, this fake sort of strength in this paradox, is really designed to be a protective strategy. It's built as a result of hurt or lack of safety. And the major problem with this facade is that it does not allow one to be truly safe or truly known. So unfortunately, it's really common for boys, and I would argue that many, many girls also have this facade of strength that they build in order to protect themselves and keep people from knowing who they are on the inside. There's a wonderful book called Raising Cain by Dan Kinlan and Michael Thompson that calls this the fortress of solitude. Uh, the facade begins from a very young age and it isolates children from emotionally connected relationships. So we distance ourselves and never really feel emotionally connected. And then we grow up to be adults who can hold long conversations about, I don't know, politics, sports, celebrities, but never have the opportunity to have in-depth, intimate conversations about 
what's truly happening on the on, on the inside. And so my hope and my challenge for parents is that we can teach our children what it truly means to be a strong person. We can teach them that strength is about physical strength and that that's important and physical health and exercise and activity is good. But also we can teach our children that being a strong human being is also about emotional strength and that a person of emotional strength is able to look inside themselves acknowledge the good and the bad. I have weaknesses. I have strengths and is also able to trust others and with that inner life. And that means we have to be really safe people. If we are those parents that they learn that it's okay to trust others. Um, it is this vulnerability that is the great marker of constrained power. I've talked about that before, which is meekness, which is this power strength physicality that we want our children to have, but we constrain it. We hold ourselves back for the good of others. So the paradox is, is that we help our children to be strong. We develop our children into strong people in a context of feeling cared for and loved. So I was wrong when I first became a parent, when I was thinking that, oh, once, once my children are strong, once they can walk on their own, then they have to always walk on their own because that's how they become strong. They have to do things on their own, be independent. No, I was actually wrong. And I learned that to help develop strong children, it's incredibly important to support them, challenge them, but in a context of being cared for, nurtured, and loved. And the more they experience my love for them, the more they experience themselves as lovable, and when they experience themselves as lovable, then those internal narratives begin of I'm good, I'm strong, I can do it. And they experience themselves with this strength. Also, we become strong in physically and emotionally safe challenges. So what I thought at the beginning was that I would just kind of let them go off on their own. And they would have to figure it out on their own. And that's how they became physically and emotionally strong. But the reality is, is that we become strong in the context of physically and emotionally safe challenges. And I, as the parent, am the person who provides the safety. And so I create challenges for my children, both physically and emotionally, that push them just a little bit beyond what they're capable of just outside that zone of proximal development, as the teachers would say. And when I push them just a little bit outside that challenge, that's that, that point where, the, where they are capable, I'm there to support them, to catch them. I like to think of the image as my, of my young children climbing up the slide, the ladder to the slide when they were young. And each rung they climb up is a new challenge that they have to conquer with their muscles and the fear of height. And I'm there supporting them. I'm not doing it for them. They're doing it on their own. But I'm there to catch them if they fall. I, I'm spotting them, as it were. So a strong person, one, is built in the context of feeling cared for and loved. We become strong in physically and emotionally safe challenges. And lastly, we are strong when we are vulnerable. I encounter so many people who equate strength with never crying or never feeling or never being needy. But the reality is, is that we are at our strongest 
when we are our most vulnerable, when we are able to open ourselves up and risk being hurt, allowing others to see our insides, to see what's happening, to see what we are feeling, that's when we are strongest. And we are actually demonstrating strength in that ability to open up to others. So folks, we have the ability to create in our children and, and create for them experiences of themselves as strong. They can do that in really small ways that are perfectly appropriate for their age, whether that's lifting a small shoebox, helping carry in the groceries, climbing up that ladder at the park, or getting their first job as a teenager, um, helping with some real work around the house that is important and valuable, being encouraged and experiencing themselves as strong through your eyes as you are there to assist them in moving through that next challenging event. But always, always we can remember that the way that we develop strength is when we are experience ourselves as physically and emotionally strong in a safe challenge, pushed just a little bit beyond what we're capable of in the context of safety and support. I am really hopeful that this these, these little points here are helpful for you and that you might take just one nugget of this and apply it, as I said before, to the way that you parent and support those in your life. If you find this helpful, I really would appreciate it if you'd go on over to iTunes and give us a rating that helps other people be, to be able to find the podcast and learn more as well. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Connected Family Podcast. We're dedicated to helping you build resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. If you'd like to continue the conversation about this episode topic, please join our Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash the Connected Family Podcast. This group consists of additional resources, discussion regarding episode topics, and support for building a connected family. You can also follow us on Instagram at Connections Family Counseling or our website at connectionsquincy.com. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please go over to the iTunes uh, podcast app and give us a rating. That way other people can find us and utilize these tips as well. Have a great day.